I'm your new announcer. Previously on the Sportzilla Show. It's the Sportzilla Show with Rain and the Glue Guy, Matt, on ESPN Radio. I, I think I just pull a muscle. I think I just hurt my back, uh, threw out my sciatic, and shredded my voice for the rest of the afternoon. Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Sportzilla Show. <laughs> oh, you can see it on Twitch. There it is, Q Sports Talk. And I was screaming and hooting and hollering, getting fired up by Dino Babers. Fire up the team. Let's get some wins this year. There's something we have to talk about couple of guests I want to highlight right off the top of the Accelerate Sports Complex phone line that will join us today from 24-7 Sports, Stephen Bailey. It's been a couple weeks. I'm happy to have him back. This is the top of our number two, which is 3 o'clock. Uh, preceding that, though, at about a half an hour, 2.30, from Syracuse on SI, Mike McAllister is going to be in here with us today. Listen, we're going to talk Coach Q with both of them. But we're going to talk Justin Taylor. We're going to talk a quarterback who decided to go to Duke. Hint, hint. And a few other things. Uh, Let's just say it'll be focused on Syracuse athletics. Okay, the good, the bad, and the ugly. My name is Rain. Spencer Davidson from WKTV is in here with us today. Rangers hat today as I give you the fashion update and, of course, a graphic T-shirt. Matt Page, the glue guy on the ones and twos. Uh, He's going to ask us some questions in a couple minutes when we get to Does It Matter? Rick Beardsley will also join us today not to talk about lacrosse. I mean, we might make a mention of it, but we're going to talk about Mrs. Beast Mode. It's all about Mrs. Beast Mode. Tim Conley, for example, Coach Pasqualoni, you know, going to be inducted in the Syracuse Sports Hall of Fame. But how about Mrs. Beast Mode? <laughs> Tori DeSilvia, his wife, she's going to be inducted. He's going to tell us all about it. I can't wait. He was hyped when we name dropped her on the air yesterday. Text me. I was like, you know what? Why don't we just, boy, he's going to be a really happy man. Special dinner for you tonight, honey. You know what I mean? I want a back rub. That's right. I'm telling you. While that's going on, he'll be playing the podcast back to her. Yeah. yeah. Listen, listen, listen to all this. Listen to all this stuff. Hey, make sure you tune in today, hon. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? Lacrosse, as usual? Yeah, that. Yeah. Just a kind of like a almost like surprise birthday party, her metaphorically speaking, except it'll be you blowing up her spot. So we can't wait to be able to do that. You're killing me small. Should be interesting today. Because anytime we talk about the New York Yankees here on ESPN Radio and the Sportzilla Show, it is brought to you by William Attire. So if you're hurting a car, you call William Attire at 444-4444. So basically, um, we're, we're actually, I'm going to change that to whine and complain mm. and point out some pretty obvious things. There was a Hale Steinbrenner press conference this morning. He has endorsed GM and coach. Uh, we'll get to that in a few minutes. And last but not least, that brings me to Nick Delahanty, who is a writer for Bronx Pinstripes, which is, of course, directly affiliated with the Yes Network. So we're going to get some great Yankees answers today in that conversation. It's Bobby Bonilla Day, though, so let's just jump off right there. <laughs> you want to mock the Mets? Yeah? $1.2 million? There's a There's an escalator in this that goes till 2035, and everybody talks about it, and you roll your eyes the night before, you're like, oh, here we go. Bobby Bonilla Day again. It never gets old. No. But typically, uh, July 1st is, is, is a big day for me because not only is it Bobby Bonilla Day and, and you always get the jokes, which are fantastic, but at the same time, it's typically you know the beginning of NHL free agency. And NBA. And NBA free agency. So, I, so you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much glued to Twitter uh, throughout the entire day on that day. So it's a little disappointing that we don't have the free agencies beginning today, but... 
But luckily, we're still able to watch those sports, so we still have the the playoffs going on. But yeah, Bobby Bonilla Day, good for him, man. He 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 really made out like a bandit with the one point two mil for about what what is it fifteen? No wait, no, it's it's he, twenty four years. He is fifty eight years old, and he gets like an eight percent increase per year that yeah. he gets. Uh, you know, so the million just keeps adding up and adding up and adding up. And he's going to get this till he's in his 70s. That's amazing. It, it's fantastic. It's amazing. Greatest retirement fund ever. He's just like, yeah, sure, let's sure. do yeah. that. Oh, you don't want me to play for you? Cool, just pay me until I'm 74. I'll round the number off, but they could have paid this off, just written one check for mm-hmm. like $6 million. I don't know, was it about 20 years ago at this point? And it'd be all done with, and we wouldn't have to do this. But we were talking about this yesterday. Matt, merchandise, right? Exactly. I would be having him out there every July 1st doing a bobblehead day. Absolutely. Presenting one of those big fake checks to him. Make make some of the money back. Yeah. Make the fans pay for his paycheck. There you go. This is not as bad as losing 20-2 to last night to the Braves like they did. But then again, that's not as bad as what the Yankees did against the Angels. I mean, the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. Should I start venting about that right now? Or yeah, should... we'll, we'll save it up. We'll, we'll, we'll wind up a little bit. We got we to gotta warm up before we, you know, we start to pitch. All right, well, I will be building off of that. My frustration is right here. And just, it's just yeah, gonna... Don't let it boil over from the beginning. It's going to snowball. Yeah, yeah. If you haven't gone on Twitter, if you happen to have an account and hashtag Donaldson Facts, uh, a little bit of a preview of the kerfuffle it's pretty funny what's happening with him and Lucas Giolito. I mean, he's <laughs> trolling a little bit. He hits a home run off him. He's like, oh, your hands aren't sticky anymore as he's running by. And then he's like, if you want to say something to say, if you want to say something, say it to my bleeping face, I believe was the response. Back I mean, he kind of did, though. Yeah. Like, to be fair, he kind of did say it to your face. Like, yeah, he wasn't directly standing in front of you because he's running the bases. But I mean, I don't know how much more you can say it to somebody's face. <laughs> than being right across from them on the base paths. Yeah, they're thrashing. Josh Donaldson. Apparently, on, apparently he jogs in place at a red light. Yeah, that, I didn't know that. There's one of many. Uh, <laughs> you will get a laugh. It's a rabbit hole. It'll suck you right down into it. Mississippi State won the College World Series, uh, and that's important for one reason. There's a central New York tie to this. Spencer Davidson, since uh, you are actually a credible journalist and a sports <laughs> uh, reporter. I don't know about that. <laughs> uh, well, you are. You're sports director for WKTV. Tell everybody the deal with Drew McGowan. Yeah, Drew McGowan is a is an outfielder, a sophomore outfielder for Mississippi State for the Bulldogs, and he's actually set to be joining the Utica Blue Sox of the PGCBL in the next couple of weeks. He signed with the Blue Sox to play this summer. Obviously, He's been a little bit preoccupied with a run to the College World Series, so it's pretty cool because you know we're going to see a uh, national championship coming to Central New York pretty soon. ESPN Radio and the Sports Silas Show, Q Sports Talk, Twitch TV. First Twitch poll has to be along the lines with Josh, who is moderating today, where he's like, "Bobby Bonilla Day is a celebration now. Steve Cohen can afford it, and that's something that we talked about yesterday. So put this up there: Should Steve Cohen just write the check? No, no. Or should you just milk this for the publicity because? Listen, you're talking about the Mets nationwide. They are the butt of jokes every July 1st. And mm-hmm. so at least you're talking about the Mets, right? Yeah. I mean, it's got to be a nice distraction from, as I said, the 20 to 2 loss to the Braves last night. This is something I would write the check now. Why? But Why? then I'm like, wait yeah. a minute. And the more I think about it, milk it. That, well, that's what I'm saying. My initial thought is I'd write the check now and just be done with it. But then I'm like, no. You do. You got to bring in Bobby Benia every day. You got to celebrate. How do you not have Bobby Benia Day at City Field every July first, or 
around there if they're not at home. And 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 how do they not have T-shirts made up and all of this stuff? Like you got to go all out on this. You see people tweeting yesterday that you should leave milk and cookies out. Yeah, our, our buddy Ray yeah. Biggs did the same Ray thing. Ray Biggs, yeah, <laughs> milk and cookies out for Bobby Bonilla. I By saw, the way, that tweet went viral too. He yeah. had like two thousand likes. Yeah, I saw that. I mean, that, that's just some funny stuff. Uh, name image likeness is now a thing. Uh, yep, officially uh, official. You can base it basically suspends the NCA restrictions on payments to athletes for things such as you know sponsorship deals and online endorsements and personal appearances. And this applies to all three divisions. It's division one, two, and three. They can make some money. That encompasses. Now think about this number: four hundred and sixty thousand athletes. These kids are starving. Yeah, you know, there's there's some superstars that are going to make the majority of this money, but a little chicken scratch here and there and a few bucks in your pocket makes a huge difference when you're a struggling college student. It doesn't matter if you're an athlete or not. Here's the thing that makes this work. Transparency. Right. If you're going to, if you're going to work something out for yourself, you have an agent or whatever that is, make sure you let your school know what's going on. As long as you're forthcoming, I don't foresee how there could be any problems. It's about time. And do you want to look back and go, what about if this player had it? What about if that player had it? No. No. It wasn't, it wasn't a thing then. It wasn't a thing then. It's a thing now, so let's just move forward. Let's not backtrack on this. Right. Can you imagine? I don't know anybody that was bringing up that conversation except somebody that Matt Page, the glue guy, has beef with. Are, are you going to sack up? You gonna, uh, eventually. You going to sack up? No, eventually. When's eventually? What segment can we tease this for? Uh, let's do it at 2.45. You want to do it in You're Killing Me, Oh, That's okay. correct. Pauly Scabilia, or is it directed at J-Cap, Jordan no, Capozzi? No, it's Pauly. It's Pauly. All, right, All right, apparently the glue guy, Matt Page, has um, got a bone to pick with Pauly Scabilia. I'm excited to hear this. This should be fun. I'm so yeah. going to egg this on. Gas yeah. on the fire. Uh, let's go. You ready to ask us some questions, my man? Sure. We call this Does It Matter? Does it matter? It's the Sportszilla Show with Rain and Matt on ESPN Radio and twitch.tv slash Q Sports Talk. Does it matter? Does it matter that the Suns are going to the NBA Finals? Yeah, and they're going to win it too. Ooh. That's what's going to happen. Uh, did Pat Beverly lose his damn mind, though, shoving CP3? Did you see Chris Paul, though, after he's like, ha, ha, yeah. he was laughing because you know what? He got you. Yeah, I mean, it just makes Pat Beverly look stupid. I mean, nobody's coming out here saying, oh, what was Chris Paul thinking? I mean, come on, man. Just totally unnecessary. Totally unnecessary. And and what did it, what did it do? What did it accomplish for you? Here's Nothing. A, here's what Crowder said, uh, a direct quote, when that happened. At the moment when Pat Beverly runs over, shoves CP3 in the back, and he falls, he goes, yep, we know that we broke him. At that point, that yep. game was over. The Suns were going to win. Uh, they just clowned him in the second half. Absolutely. What do you want to add to this, Glue? Uh, I also wanted to add, didn't DeMarcus Cousins look kind of goofy throughout that game as well? Yeah, he's got a little Although bit. Although CP3, I feel like, did flop quite a bit. Of course he did. Patrick, Pat Beverly, this this has started. This We talked about this in the kerfuffle the other day. Pat Beverly ha- has issue with CP3 because, of course, he's selling it. He walked right by him at the foul line, and he, you could see it. I think it was John Boy put it out and, yeah. and others where they were lip reading. Pat Beverly walks by Chris Paul as he's getting ready to shoot his foul shots, and he's like, yeah, way to sell that. Yeah. And they know He knows he did it. But you know what? 
It, they're going to change the rule next year where you can't flop as much. You can't jump into the defenders. Sure. You can't throw your legs out. I mean, because that's but a horrible. That's next year's problem, not this year. Right. That's a horrible. It's like name image like this. You can't look backwards with it. You got to look forward with it. You can't worry about this rule change until next season. Yeah, yeah. And plus, Chris Paul's not worrying about throwing his body around because he's got some pretty good State Farm insurance plans. So he's totally fine with, you know, flopping a little bit because he knows he's got some coverage. He CP3 and the Suns got the best of the Clippers. You knew the game was over at that point. He lost his damn mind. Uh, he apologized after the game as well. Yeah, he's officially apologized. He's even tweeted that now. But do you, do you think that he was so angry and frustrated on the court that he basically went, I, I'm out of here. I just, I need to yeah, get out he of was here. See, he was seeing red. He wanted to He get, was seeing red. He wasn't even thinking. He wanted to leave the court. He wanted to get back to the locker room. He just wanted to be done. The season's over. This game's over. I can't, I just can't even but anymore. That, but that, that is such a, that, like, it's such a clown move. Like, you know, you want to go out with, with some dignity, with some grace. Yeah. You know, you want to be, you know. Um, Why? Well, you want to yeah. be respectful in, in victory or defeat. You know. Yeah, I mean, clearly the, not Beverly. Yeah, but but the but the athletes that have that have garnered universal respect around their sport and among fans and peers. Chris Paul's one of them. Yeah, I mean, you never would have seen Derek Jeter, you know, whining and complaining after they lose, shoving somebody. You know what I mean? It's just it's just such a lack of class, and it says a lot about a person. Like you just you, you can't handle it. You can't handle it when you lose. It's just embarrassing. So tonight, of course, it's Atlanta and the Bucks. Giannis is officially out. Is any anybody got a status on Trey Young? Are we like game time decision with him? Yeah, I, I, well, see, yeah, I, I think guess. it's closer to game time decision. But let me tell you, even without Trey Young, if uh, if the Bucks don't have Giannis, they're they're in trouble with the way Atlanta's playing right now. You look at each team without their best player, and it's still yeah. It feels and Atlanta is. I feel like without the two stars, Atlanta still has the upper hand. And. Clearly, Atlanta proved without Trey Young, they can beat Milwaukee. Right. I don't know if it flipped. And Chris Middleton, you got to step up. Yeah. And, man, guys have it's to just, step up. It's, it's, ama- it's amazing how much narratives change so quickly, isn't it? I mean, before game four, it was do the Hawks have a chance if Trey Young can't play? And now it's do the Bucks have a chance if Giannis can't play? Hey, it's well, just amazing. Welcome to Sports Talk Radio <laughs> yeah. where you make a declarative statement. This is my take. This is what I think. And the and next you day, you look like an idiot the, the next, next day. Yeah, the next day I'm eating my words for lunch. Uh, that's exactly what happened. So Glue Guy seems to think that Steve Ballmer, the Clippers owner, was creepy. Tell me why he was oh, creepy. Man. Wasn't that creepy, though? He was, like, grabbing the guy's upper thighs? Yeah. What's up with that? I don't know. Steve Ballmer. Come on, man. And you can Wait. tell how uncomfortable the guys Wait, were. Oh, they, they kept were, like, like pushing away. Like, what are you doing, and, bro? Yeah, come on, let's not lie. Before the Twitch cameras went hot today, weren't we all just sitting around grabbing each other's thighs? Yeah, like, true, but it was no. welcome for us. <laughs> we, yeah, no, I had no part of that. Is Steve Ballmer not a little bit creepy always to begin with? I mean, he is way oh, invested. Yeah. No. He reminds me of an older Mark, Mark Cuban. Cuban. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the yep. way he gets into this, and, and he, they show him on camera all the time you for know a what? reason. You know what? I will take Steve Ballmer being an owner in the NBA 100 out of 100 times if it meant that Donald Sterling was no longer the owner of the Los Angeles That's Clippers. All right, we got to talk to Rick Beardsley in just a couple of minutes here about his wife, Tori, being inducted in the Syracuse Sports Hall of Fame. But one doesn't matter question real quick. We got 90 seconds to get to a break, Spencer, so bring it to us. Does it matter that the Yankees acquired Tim LaCastro? Yes, from Auburn, Syracuse native. He's fast. He's having a little bit of a down year. Uh, he can run. He's got the major league record for the most consecutive stolen bases to start his career. And I, I'm going to tell you this right now. Uh, at least there's something to bring to the table beyond what Brett Gardner and Clint Frazier are doing, who, by the way, still has an option. Why not Florio? Could these guys do any worse than the production we're getting out of them? And I love Brett Gardner, 
but it's clearly the end of the road for him. Yeah. And Frazier has now shown over 80 games in half a season. It's not getting much better right now. He has uh, ruined a golden opportunity. Go ahead. The last 45 are yours. Yeah, Frazier, I mean, he had the golden opportunity to be the starting left fielder this year and and and, and let it slip away. Um, but, you know, for me, it only matters with Castro depending on how they use him. Um, he can be huge. The Yankees don't have a lot of speed on the base paths. He can bring um, some mobility to their their base their base running game. But you know, I mean, he's not batting well this year either. Yeah. He, so it it just it just all depends on what happens. For me, I'm kind of a remain to be seen because it's not like it's this this major you know blockbuster move. He offers what Tyler Wade offers in this in this, in the aspect of speed, right? And base running. I wonder if there's a corresponding move for him where maybe they want to move another roster piece around. I yeah, guess. Their, their outfield is so loaded right now. You know, they, 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 it just seems like, they're, you know, someone's, someone's gone. Uh, Yankee fans, that's a question for Nick Delahanty with, uh, from Bronx Pinstripes, who we'll talk to in hour number two. Right now on ESPN Radio and the Sports Silla Show, a quick break. And as promised, Rick Beardsley, Beast Mode, next. Season of 10, 15, he's at the 20. It's the Sports Zilla Show on ESPN Radio and twitch.tv slash Q Sports Talk. Here's Rain and Matt. And our guy Spencer Davidson from WKTV as we jump onto the Accelerate Sports Complex phone line for the first time today. I'm happy to announce, you know what, the more I think about this, we don't need Beast Mode. We've got Mrs. Beast Mode. They're on speaker in the car as we are going to glorify, really, the true superstar. And think about this. Rick is a, an absolute legend, a champion and All-American. Uh, you know where he sits in Syracuse lacrosse history. And yet, you know what? It's all about Tori DeSilvia today, who is doing some big <laughs> things, kicking butt and taking names uh, long before you, Rick. Can you deal with that, sucker? Well, first of all, where do I sit? I sit in the driver's seat, driving them around like a chauffeur. What's <laughs> lost history? I got Tori to my right, Angela to the back right, and Vivi behind clapping for her mom. So, fellas, you can remind me all you want. It's all good. I am so happy for my wife. I got goosebumps. You don't see them. So happy for her. And by the way, guys, she absolutely hates doing this stuff so this is such a great moment for me right now well let's uh, exalt her right now put her up on the pedestal she deserves congratulations to her she's part of the syracuse sports hall of fame class of 2021 uh swimmer out of nottingham set some state records was 100 butterfly 100 breaststrokes did as a freshman went on to become a 14-time all-american at tennessee that is remarkable boy you want to talk about having a role model in the car and i'm talking to your daughters because you're a girl dad uh, but let's hear from, uh, why don't you set Tori up uh, so she can give us some remarks. Uh, you know, you're her husband. You can make her comfortable for this situation where she's got a little nerves going. <laughs> well, I mean, what questions do you want to ask? She's very good on her feet. Trust me. I know she comes at me. Every- <laughs> what was your. She'll be good on her feet. But- Tori, what was, your, what was your initial reaction when you heard the news? Uh, first of all, I, I'm pretty sure we know the answer, but I want to hear your words. Um, I think I was a little caught off guard. Um, I'm a very humble person when it comes to what I accomplished in my career with swimming. Um, so to be recognized in the um, Greater Syracuse Hall of Fame, you know, you know, um, it, it's great. It's a great, you know, I, I, it's hard to even express my feelings right now of how I feel because, like I said, I was caught off guard. But at the same time, I'm, I appreciate everyone acknowledging what I was able to do in my swimming career. 
Has it has it sunk in now, now that it's been a few days since the announcement's been made? You know, you said you were caught off guard, but I, I imagine uh, maybe it's starting to kind of to get in the mind where it's like, wow, I, I am a Hall of Famer. It is. Um, you know, um, I was able to do a lot of thinking and um, reminiscing about everything that I was able to accomplish. And the a lot of the things that come to me is the fact that my family gave up so much for me um, in order for me to accomplish what I set out to accomplish, um, my dreams. And without the support from my mom and my dad and my brother and my sister, I would have never been able to do what I was able to do. And uh, kudos to them for allowing me to do it and, you know, loving me and supporting me um, through all those years that, you know, I lived away from home um, and then went away to college. Um, and I was still able to um, pursue what I wanted to do in my career. And when I did that, you know, um, I closed the chapter of my life and started a new chapter of my life with um, teaching special ed and um, marrying Rick Beardsley. And having, <laughs> and that was the greatest part of the second chapter of her life. having two beautiful daughters who um, I just um, hope that they um, take the path that you know, is, is set for them and they are able to accomplish what they want to accomplish in life. Um, because, you know, life and things that are, are thrown your way, you know, you should, we should all grab onto and, and appreciate. Tori, do you plan on using your new title as a hall of famer to make Rick do more chores around the house? (laughs) It's the best question so far. (laughs) You know, I, I, I wish I could. What? Um, but, you know. I do a ton around the house. Sometimes, you know. Uh, we're backing up the bus right now, Rick. Uh, be careful. <laughs> no, he does a great job. I just think that, you know, there are some things that, you know, I, I like to do in the house myself. And I know if I do them, they're going to get done the right way. I'm not. I'm allowed to okay. fold laundry in my house. I'm not allowed to actually do laundry in my yeah. house uh, for that reason. Oh, see, I, w- I wish I had that. I have to do my own laundry. <laughs> so, we don't need to start with laundry. Guys, what she's really meaning by all that is basically just, Rick, shut up. Let me do what I need to do, and you do the rest. And I'm totally fine with that, guys, because as I learned from my late cousin, uh, Dick at our wedding, which was one of the greatest days of my life. I still remember the way how beautiful she was when she walked down the aisle. Um, he said, a happy wife is a happy life. So I get it, guys. I get it. There is truth to that. So this is Rick Beardsley along with his wife, Tori DeSilvia. Uh, she's being inducted <laughs> into the Greater Syracuse Sports Hall of Fame. Rick, I'm going to ask you this question point blank, okay? And I know you. You get... You get in your feelings, man, and that's okay. I do the same thing, but you're so proud of your wife. Tell me and tell us and tell everybody listening, why does she deserve this? Oh, I mean, you you guys also talked about the honors. That was only in three years of eligibility. She's going to hate that I say these things right now, but she had 14 All-America honors and all those national championships in three years. And and because she missed home, she forgave that fourth year. And would have probably had seven more All-Americas because, you know, she would have finished in the top three of each event that she swam uh, in those years, I do believe. And, you know, why is she so deserving? You have to remember, she's a special ed teacher in this community. Um, She never, ever, she deals with me being like doing everything that I do. My name being in the paper, there's just another article today 
uh, on Syracuse.com about the West Jenny job, me being interested. And it isn't really about me. And she sat in the background, and I always used to tell people the best athlete in the house isn't me. I'm the third or fourth best athlete. Viviana's catching up. But, I mean, I really do. I feel that, in, you know, deep in my heart. But she's so deserving because Tori is really a special person. She has a huge heart. Um, she loves her family. She doesn't just love her immediate family. Her, I mean, her cousins, her mom, her dad, you know, or, I mean, it is such a, a great thing to be part of the DeSilvia family. Um, it really is. You know, Tori's dad, you forget, was, uh, you know, he played for the Cubs for nine years. And, you know, Tori's grandfather on the mom's side was a great basketball player in his own right here. And, you know, so, they often don't get the credit, and Tori doesn't get the credit, but I'm really happy, so happy, not for our family, but for her. I mean, getting recognized the top 40 athlete and then someone walking in, you know, during that, when they did a newspaper article and saying, is that you? You know, she never relishes in these moments, and it isn't her, right? That's just not, she said it in the beginning of the interview, and, uh, you know, guys, she deserves every bit of it, and... Um, you know, I couldn't be more proud. Well, you know? it's been a long time coming, and the way the world has evolved, let alone within in the world of sports, uh, women in the last few years are finally starting to get their credit and their due. You know, I, I don't know any woman out there that doesn't just want to be considered on an even playing field. That's Absolutely, that's yeah. all it's all about. And, you know, Tori, I'm glad you're getting this opportunity, and, and I'm glad that you get to be, at least in Central New York, representative for a lot of other women that need to get their due as time goes on. You know, uh, Axe is always talking about, let's get some of these ladies' retired numbers up in the Carrier Dome along those lines. Uh, so this is a good yeah. this is a good start. Can Comment on that for me, Tori. I know you heard me. I, I, I did. You know, um, thank you. Um, I hope, you know, more women after this are inducted into Hall of Fame. And like you said, it would be great to see numbers that are being retired into the Carrier Dome, whether it's basketball, lacrosse. You know, either way, there's so many phenomenal women athletes out there that deserve this and who aren't given enough credit. You know, we are just as good as you guys are out there on the field or in the water. Um, so, it, you know, it is time. It is time for us to, to you know, to shine. You know, we, we do it quietly, but, you know, it's now it's time for us to be recognized. We're going to recognize Jenner. And, can't, and guys, real quick, you know, she, it's time for her to be recognized. It's, it's very, <laughs> we, she just said we were better. There are just as equal. Well, how about I'm the loser in my house? Yes, you are. Not only are they bad. I mean, I know I see it every day. I mean, if you, people always ask me, and it's an embarrassing thing. We're standing across the street from where we met. Uh, here in the Wegmans parking lot, our daughters are in breathe getting, uh, uh, you know, drinks or whatever. And I met her at, at a gym called Fitness Forum, and I and I only went up to Tori because she had great legs. Like she was a pretty woman, but she had great legs. And and um, you know, if you look at Tori right now, you know, my wife is a is is a, a middle aged woman who looks unbelievable and has and you could tell is an athlete. You know, she's an athlete if you look at her. You know what I mean? And and it's simple. So. I definitely am the one who doesn't look like an athlete in the house, so we're all good here, guys. <laughs> you know, so I appreciate. There's a lot of guys out there that just outkick the coverage, so to speak. Uh, you know what? Uh, on on talking about women getting their due, I wanted to also name drop Jennifer Hughes, who is being inducted with you. So there's a couple of ladies yep. going in this year. Uh, that's yeah. fantastic, and I'm sure that you'll mention that and all the other inductees. Tori got 30 seconds left. Well, I, I want you to close us out. What do you have to say? 
Um, I, you know, I just want to say thank you for giving me this opportunity to speak to you guys. Um, like, like Rick said, you know, I'm not one that always goes out there and does an interview and talk about themselves. Um, but this is a, this is a great moment and I should be very proud and I am. And I just want to thank, you know, everyone that chose me to be inducted and I look forward to, um, accepting this. So um want to say thank you to Rick DeSilvia today. Yep, you get second billing. Uh, congratulations to Tori. Uh, if, the girls are in the, if the girls are in the car and they want to cheer for mom really quick, we'll let them do it. Are they there? No, they're inside getting some smoothie thing. And they're, oh, okay. they're excited. They were, do we really need to listen to this again? Well, listen. But no, they're excited. Let me leave you with this, guys. Uh, Rick and Tori. Uh, if, I don't know if you have a Twitch account, but get in Q Sports Talk. There's some guys asking questions of Tori, and if you get a chance to go back, I'm sure they'd love to hear your responses because, unfortunately, we are out of time right now. Thank you to yeah. Rick Beardsley and Mrs. Beast Mode, Tori DeSilvia, and congratulations on her induction. ESPN Radio and the Sports Zilla Show. We're going to pause right there. We'll be right back with Mike McAllister from Syracuse on SI. The Sports Zilla Show. No dropped passes, no fumbles. <laughs> This is the perfect receiver. Oh, did you see that hit? Boom! You're supposed to wear your mask over your nose. It's the SportsZilla Show with Rain and the Glue Guy. Matt on ESPN Radio. (laughs) And twitch.tv slash QSportsTalk. And if you're there with us on Twitch, obviously, uh, direct line of sight on that camera is Spencer Davidson from WKTV. We've got three mics filled today and the phone lines as well with Mike McAllister from Syracuse NSI. Mike, thanks for the time. Um, I guess there was an article about Coach Q or something in The Athletic a couple of days ago. I don't know if you've heard about it. You might have, and maybe you scrolled past it. Uh, I've called for it point blank. I think the damage that has been done, no matter how this plays out, regardless of the independent investigation, you have to move on from Coach Quentin Hillsman at this point in time. Part of it for me is I'm unable to remove Papa Bear. I'm a girl dad, and I have an an issue when you read some of that language and some of these accusations, and when it's from 20 sources, including nine players and team managers and staff members, I can't back off that position. That's that's where I'm going to live and die, right there on that hill. What do you say? So let's let's take a look at it from a couple perspectives. So the the first is let's say best case scenario for coach, which is the independent investigation somehow finds out that everything that was in that report was 100% false. Let's say that happens. The problem is that's always going to be out there. And I don't know how you recruit, even if you issue a report that says we had an independent investigation, they looked into all this and found out that they were all made up. Even in that scenario, which which we know is not happening, right? Independent investigations almost never find that. But in that scenario, how does he go into a living room and talk to parents and say, I'm going to take care of your daughter and other schools. We know negative recruiting happens all the time in every sport where you recruit by saying that other program that's after you is terrible. And here's why the ability to do that to Syracuse now has just gone through the roof. So his job to recruit against powerhouse programs is difficult when it's a level playing field, now it's not. And I'm not sure it ever will be when when he's the head coach. But that said, the other scenario is when I read through the report, when I read that he was swearing and flipping over cables, I may not like that coach style, but to me that's just some coaches are like that. To Mm -hmm. me that really wasn't a big deal. It was the, 
kissing the girls on the forehead, inappropriate touching, um, the hiring of a guy who had been accused of sexual harassment and then was making comments about menstruation or something. Yes. Those are the things that are that are damning to me in that report. And so if any one of those things was true, I think you have to get rid of them. Um, and if they're not, then, you know, the, the university has to come out and make a decision on whether or not they think they can move forward with Coach Q in terms of recruiting if they do deem that those allegations are either not true or they can't substantiate them in any way. The Enoch hiring is another issue altogether that really bothered me. Uh, I'm going to kick it over to Spencer Davidson, though, and we'll follow up. Yeah, the Sportsilla Show on ESPN Radio, talking with Mike McAllister from Syracuse on SI. Uh, let's let's transition to something more positive uh, involving the Syracuse Athletics Program. You know, Kayla Trainer hired as the head coach of the women's lacrosse team a couple of weeks ago. Uh, just some of your thoughts on that, because I really haven't had a chance to talk to you about that, but also... Uh, you've talked to some players. What's kind of the the, the pulse or the the thoughts of of the team with this incoming hire? So when when I found out that Gary Gate was going to be transitioning over to the men's program, Ooh, we lost him for a second. Because, we lost you for a second, Mikey. You there with us? Ooh, I think the phone bottomed out a little bit. Kind of reminiscent of when Spencer Davidson was on the phone with yeah, us on occasion. Yeah, some, some we would issues. We're stalling for st- Mike, you still there? How about now? Yeah, we yeah, got you now. We yep. got you now. All right. All right, good. Let's, Continue. Yeah. So, so my first thought when Gary Gate was transitioning over to the men's program was that Syracuse needs to bring someone in because you don't want the perception to be that the men's program is above the women's program and the women's program is kind of a stepping stone job if the men's job becomes available. Um, so there were a few that I thought made sense. Uh, Joe Spalina over at Stony Brook made a lot of sense. Um, and I thought Kayla Trainer was, was one of the, the people on the short list that was a home run, that would have been a home run. And it was, and it is, and I think it's a great hire for the program. And then, as you mentioned, we spoke to um, four of their nine class of 2022 recruits about Kayla Trainer hire. And each of them essentially said the same thing, which was they were disappointed to learn that Gary Gates was moving on. They were extremely excited about bringing in Kayla Trainer. Every single one of them knew who Kayla Trainer was. They looked up to her, idolized her in some capacity. So um, I think from a recruiting standpoint, it's going to be uh, you know smooth sailing to keep Syracuse as one of the powerhouse programs in the country. Let's pack a whole bunch of football into one question. Jeremiah Wilson committed to Syracuse. You wrote about that. Uh, we've got Henry Bielen, who picked Duke over Syracuse, a big quarterback recruit. And uh, you know what? Just start there. There was one other name that they wanted me to throw at you in the Twitch chat, which was Chris Bunch. He took an official visit. So give us comment on those three things. So Jeremiah Wilson is a cornerback from Florida. He is really good prospect. Um, he was supposed to officially visit Washington State this past weekend, canceled that in order to visit Syracuse, also had an offer from Arizona. So he had multiple Power 5 offers um, in a state that Syracuse recruits really well. And he's you know a 5'11 corner prospect that can play the slot, can play the outside. He play safety in high school, so there's some versatility there if you need to throw him at safety in a pinch. Um, I think this is a really good get. He's got great straight line speed. Um, he's smooth hips, good backpedal. I think he's someone that's got a lot of potential. He's, he's going to be one of those um, you know, high floor type of guys that I can't see him being a complete bust. 
in any way, uh, whether or not he becomes, you know, like a superstar type, I think remains to be seen, but he could be a solid contributor, um, I think is kind of his his base there. So I think he's a nice get for Syracuse. Henry Bielan picking Duke is a bit of a blow because Syracuse had prioritized him at the quarterback position for quite a while. Mm-hmm. He's an in, he's an in-state kid as well um, from Cardinals, Cardinal Hayes High School in the Bronx. And, um, you know, Syracuse had two of his high school teammates that – signed with Syracuse in the 21 class. So they had a lot of things going for him, but ultimately he decided to pick Duke. Academics were a huge thing for him. So Syracuse is going to have to go back to the drawing board at quarterback. So I expect them over the next several weeks to do some um, evaluations and and figure out where they want to go there. Chris Bunch is a class of 2022 forward prospect who officially visited Syracuse basketball um, over this past weekend. And, you know, despite the fact that Syracuse has Justin Taylor and Kamari Lance committed, they're still looking for depth at the wing. And, you know, he's kind of a combo forward type to play a little three, play a little four, uh, dynamic offensive player, really long at about six, eight or so. And, you know, a, a legitimate top 60, top 70 type of prospect. So uh, that was the only official visit that he's taken this month, which I think put Syracuse in a pretty good spot. It's pretty funny. I was going to bring a Justin Taylor question in off of Chris Bunch. Uh, and then glue guy was like, we got to take a break. And, you know, I don't want to get in trouble with the glue guy because he keeps us together. <laughs> uh, so you just saved me. Uh, excellent answer. Mike McAllister with Syracuse NSI. Thanks for the time today, my friend. We'll talk to you again very soon. Thanks, it's, it's ESPN Radio. And we'll be right back with your Killing Me Smalls. Hey, you saved me. The Sportszilla Show. Oh, yeah. Bringing the central New York sports fan together. You're supposed to wear your mask all over your nose. I'm not going to, so quit asking. Can everyone hear me okay? Can everyone listen up? You're killing me, Smalls. It's the Sportszilla Show with Rain and Matt on twitch.tv slash Talk and ESPN Radio. Well, for Pete's sake, here we go again. The Mets gonna Mets. Yeah, they didn't mind losing 20-2 to to the Braves yesterday because they just figured tomorrow's Bobby Bonilla Day and that will take all of the Mets headlines and distract everybody. Nothing to see here. Wasn't like we lost by 18 or anything. Still not as disappointing as the New York Yankees. Oh, boy. Two Major League Baseball teams scored seven runs in the first inning yesterday. Both teams lost. The Cubs lost 15-7 to to the Brewers. They allowed 14 runs in the first four innings. Hey, the Yankees scored seven in the first inning surprisingly, against Shohei Otani and ended up losing 11-8 to after Aroldis Chapman allows the Grand Slam as part of a seven-run ninth inning after two rain delays. And you sat there, I sat there, I'm sure other people sat there, and if I looked at, so, well, I did look at social media, the reaction was pretty similar. It was like, G-T-F-O-H, you have got to be kidding me. Oh, and then there was a Hale Steinbrenner press conference this morning where he endorsed the general manager and the coach. But they did go out and get Auburn slash Syracuse native Tim LoCastro. So, hey, they made a move. Mm. Like Wandy Peralta with Talkman. Hey, we made a move. You remember? They were struggling when they made that move. And it was like, we're just going to make a trade so that we could say we made a trade. Hey, we're trying something. We did something. They're not going to do much. He claims that he's willing to go over the luxury tax threshold for the right players. Well, who the hell are you going to get that you're going to go, oh, yeah, that's the right guy, depending on what Cashman brings to the table. Spencer Davidson, air your sports grievances. What made you say you're killing me smalls in relation to the New York Yankees? It's just, are you are you joking me? Are, are you kidding me? I, I mean, it, I mean, it, the narrative could have been the Yankees have now had two straight games where they score 
you know, uh, uh, they score a lot of runs. Their offense wakes up. You chase Shohei Otani out of the game in two thirds of an inning. You make his ERA go from like a two four eight to like a three six something. They gained a run in two thirds yeah. of an inning, and you absolutely embarrass Shohei Otani after he had you know home runs against you in the last couple of games. The narrative could have been so different about this team right now, and then you go out there and you give it up. It is just mind-boggling where this team is right now. And I'll, I'll tell you what, we've said it for weeks here, that the Yankees are entering territory where it's like they really need to show something. They need to get on a run if they have any hopes of, of even sniffing the playoffs. Well, let me tell you something. If they don't go, if they don't respond here and go in an absolute tear, an absolute tear, and just start racking up wins and dominating opponents this season is is over before you even get to the you know the end of July. I mean, it is just such an utter embarrassment what happened last night. It is completely unacceptable to give up a game where you had seemingly dominated and yet there was still that feeling like oh, you know, there's they're still kind of letting the Angels hang around. But there's no excuse for having your closer give up a grand slam to tie the game, and then you just roll over and die. And the complacency in this organization right now, the lack of fire, the lack of anger, you got to show something here. Show that you care. Didn't Aaron Boone say talk is cheap right now? We have to go out and play he a did, full game. He did, but they've been talking all year so far. And start hammering some people. Shouldn't Hale Steinbrenner have said, I'm not firing either one of them right now. But do something. Right. I'm pissed off. That's what, that's what I'm, I'm saying. I'm not happy. This can't continue. I'm telling you right now, changes will be made if we don't do something. It's funny. Can I have access to audio? Please, glue guy, I will close out your Killing Me Smalls with Rob Dibble, who's stating something quite obvious. Spencer and Matt, listen. They're one-dimensional. You, you built a team with uh, no speed. They're very right-handed, power-heavy, strike out a lot, um, You know, don't hit well with runners in scoring position, uh, don't hit well the other way at all and with two strikes. So, you know, and, and I, I see a lot of their guys right now that, that love to sit there and swing and watch their swing and pose. So if you watch Glaber Torres or some of these guys with two strikes, they're swinging as hard with two strikes as they do with no strikes. So, you know, unless you get guys that want to start hitting with two strikes and, and putting the ball in play, uh, you know, going first to third and, and stealing bases, th- this team's not going to be successful. Did he mention how many double plays they hit into and, and really how terrible they are on the base pass getting thrown out all and, over and the diamond? And their fielding hasn't even been great no. this year. They've had stretches where their fielding looks terrible. You know, they throw the ball away. Domingo Herman did it the other day. Well, I mean, Luke Voigt, you could have said whose fault was it. Voigt didn't really go after it, but he would have been sticking his arm where the runner was coming. So, but, but either way, I mean, basically when you're up at the plate, it's either a home run or nothing for this team. And you need to start like the, that's what I'm saying. The last couple of games, they've actually started to, you know, hit doubles with runners in scoring position, you know, knock a liner down, down the, you know, the, the foul line right into the corner scoring guy. Like that's what you need to see. From they, this actually, team. they actually went four for seven with runners in scoring right. position two that's days what, ago. Yeah. That's what you need to see from this team. And so the last couple of games offensively have been so promising to maybe, 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 maybe they're breaking out of this and they're going to start, you know, being more consistent in the batter's box. Forget it. 
So forget it. I said uh, to you earlier, the Yankees suck right now. It's the highest of highs and the lowest of lows, and you happen to just see it in one night. From the first inning, two rain delays, and by the end of it at like one in the morning, yep. you're drooling the drool of remorse into the pillow of regret. <laughs> yeah, just shake your head. That's all you can do. I hate that statement, too, <laughs> and I use it all the time. Was that an Oberman one? I think it was. Yeah. We're going to pause right there. We'll come back on ESPN Radio and the Sportzilla Show. Stephen Bailey with 24-7 Sports will join us next. Now, going beast mode on some nachos. Here's your nachos. Thanks. It's the Sportzilla Show with Rain and the Glue Guy, Matt. Doesn't this mean things are finally going back to normal? On ESPN Radio and twitch.tv slash QSportsTalk. They're bringing in a man who's joined us here on the Sportzilla Show on ESPN Radio many times. Stephen Bailey with 24-7 Sports. Uh, but since Matt and I, Rain, have... A third mic in here today. Our guy Spencer Davidson, WKTV, is with us. We thought we'd introduce you two on the airwaves. We want to get into the name, image, likeness issue because you know what? All three divisions of college athletics, one, two, and three, can go get that money now. Yeah, Stephen, uh, first, good to, good to talk to you. Um, you know, I, I, with this NIL thing, obviously, it's, it's, it's nationwide. But I, I really feel like somebody from Syracuse University – could probably benefit from this more so than than schools that are in bigger cities, yet they're kind of the small fish in a big pond. Like, you know, you look at a, at a St. John's University, and there's so much going on in New York, major professional teams. They might not get NIL deals. You know, for, so for someone like Buddy Beheim, I mean, do you think for Syracuse this could be a bigger deal because they're really the, the top dogs in Syracuse? I think for Buddy Beheim, this is a very big deal <laughs> for someone who's already marketable. Yeah, and in a you know in a market like Syracuse where there really isn't that much to sell, absolutely. Um, I also think that's a you know a fairly specific you know example, and, and maybe it extends. You know, Syracuse basketball is so big here that I, I think you will see a lot of those guys you know find find deals very quickly. Um, whereas on the on the football side, I'm not sure if there's a, an, an inherent advantage over a lot of the uh, you know the, the peer schools. I think you know I think we're going to learn. It's going to take a couple of years to see you know how much money is kind of tied in. I think I think it's you know it'll be interesting to see like the connections at schools really really matter a lot. Like not just locally, but you know with regional businesses, national businesses, like. Um, you know, I don't, like, I don't know. Like, is Syrac- are, are Syracuse football players on average going to make more or less than Boston College players and Pittsburgh players? Like, I think you could argue either side of that coin. Like, I guess that in Boston, you've got all the major professional sports teams. Um, but, but I don't know. Is, is there is there such a, a market there? And I guess so much commerce that the money trickles down, or that BC is is marketable. I, you know, I I think I think college coaches are recruiting from every angle they want, but I don't think anybody, you know, really knows how this is how this is going to affect. Um, you know, I think we're serious on the football side, kind of, you know, the, the 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 brand they have and kind of the middling state that they're in. So I think for I think for, for men's basketball and football, it's very very different. I think you're going to see an immediate impact on men's basketball. I think you'll see some on football, but how does that compare to the peer schools? 
you know, I, like I said, I'm, I'm not really sure anyone knows. I think there's unforeseen circumstances going to come out of all of this, and I think they're going to have to tweak this as they go along. But, you know, I guess it's a great day because at least now they have the option to be able to go Absolutely. out and do this, Spencer. I, I can't I can't wait till Buddy Bayheim's on Cameo. That's what I'm waiting for. <laughs> it's going to happen soon enough. I'm telling you, hey, his dad is, yep. right? Uh, Stephen Bailey with 24-7 Sports here on the Sports Zitless Show on ESPN Radio. I do want to play one piece of audio for you, Stephen, uh, to wrap up this name, image, likeness issue and conversation that we're having. Uh, Feinbaum, Paul Feinbaum, was talking about Mark Emmert, who, of course, is five more years. He was just basically reelected to run the NCAA for five years. Uh, nobody really knows why. Everybody thinks he's a clown. Um, Paul Feinbaum called him a joke. Mark Emmert, who is the president of the NCAA, is, is going to go down in the history books as one of the most ineffective leaders of any organization, uh, anytime, place in this country. And that, that's covering a good bit of ground as we're heading toward the nation's birthday on Sunday. He has offered nothing and he will offer nothing. He is an empty suit who continues to collect four or five million dollars a year, frankly, by, by giving no opinions, because the people that really run college athletics, and those are the commissioners of the Power Five conferences, they laugh at him behind his back. They're critical of him. They don't want him to do anything because if he does something, it infringes on their power. They run the sport right now. And that's why he got a contract extension a couple of weeks ago, Mm -hmm. because nobody wants uh, someone with, with a lot of firepower ideas, creativity, and leadership skills to run this organization right now. Stephen Bailey, I'm going to kick it back to you. Um, uh, your response to that. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, you know, it's kind of, you're, there's kind of some, some hypocrisy there, right? It's like, oh, you know, he's not getting a lot, you know, he's not doing anything, but he was reelected. Well, he, he represents the school, school presidents, Athletic directors, chair people, you know, it's not like, you know, it's not like Mark Emmer. I mean, I'm not defending Mark Emmer by any means, but he's put in place to do what the schools want to. You know, the NCAA is the schools. It is the, like the conference commissioners. They had to basically had to be dragged into this era. You know what I mean? Like this, the NCAA, and, and by that extension, the majority of schools and administrators involved in the Division One Council did not <laughs> did not want players to be able to benefit from their name, image, and likeness. So is it any surprise that <laughs> that Mark Emmert was brought back? I mean, they had to go to federal court. So, yeah, I mean, you can make fun of the guy all you want. And, and again, I'm not, I'm not defending him, but the people who wanted him in place wanted him in place to protect their money. Exactly. So, you I mean, just said the key I mean, word right there. It is what it is. <laughs> like... Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. It's a lot of what Roger Goodell is. We call him a Goodeldo. I mean, his job is to make <laughs> his job is to make the owners happy in the NFL and keep the money exactly. flowing. It's really that simple. Yeah. Stephen Bailey is on ESPN Radio with us. It's a Sports Illustrated show. Uh, we're going to segue nicely and smoothly as uh, Spencer. You already never heard to say that before. <laughs> no, I've never heard that, and and I totally didn't expect that. That got me. That's my. That's been our pet name for uh, uh, Roger Goodell for a while. <laughs> I don't have a nickname for Coach Q. Uh, Quentin Hillsman. And he's in a bit of hot water, as you know. Over the Hillsman. Should he be suspended right now while they're investigating this further? Uh, What were your takeaways? I I think I generally know your answer, but maybe you've got a different perspective on the situation with the Syracuse women's basketball team. I do not know. I'll just give you my stance real quick in case you haven't heard us. I do not know how you continue moving forward with him as the coach being 
as it applies to recruiting and just so many other issues that were uncovered in this athletic article. And Stephen, how long do you think the investigation is going to go on for? I'm also curious about that as well. Yeah, it can't be long, right? Go ahead, Stephen. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, it's really it's really hard to speculate too far without knowing yep. so much. Um, that was a really good report by Dana O'Neill and Chantel mm-hmm. Jennings. I know it, it's funny. I've gotten some messages like, oh, why was nobody else on this? I was like, a lot of people are trying to report this out, you know? I mean, I sent messages to a bunch of, of current players and former players, and, you know, you get, kind of get some bits and pieces, but nothing near the scope of what they got. I know other reporters in the area did too. I mean, trust was earned, and I love that when you go through that story, you have you'll have an anecdote or something. Five other people confirm this. Eight other people confirm this. It's like how can you look that in the face and say that didn't happen? (laughs) You know. Um, So I appreciated how thorough that reporting was. Um, I I mean, I I think it's going to be very powerful. Syracuse, you know, they have an external investigation that they've started. Um, I don't know how long it'll go. But I think a lot of the, the bridges are kind of already there, you know, to go and check on some of those things. You know, exactly how damning it is for Quentin Hillsman remains to be seen. Um, obviously, there's there's some really concerning stuff in there. From a strictly from like a viability standpoint, like could he run the program after this? I don't I don't know. I mean, it's I think it would be hard. But at the same time, he did go out and get some transfers after the mass exodus. And, you know, players talk. You know, I'm sure a lot of that stuff or some of that stuff at least has been communicated behind closed doors. Um, so, you know, part of me wants to say, oh, there's no way he could recruit after this. And, you know, maybe that's still true, but he has kind of recruited during it. So, uh, you know, I, I've – to me, it seems very, very hard to imagine him as the coach, but weird things happen, and, um, you know, that's what, that's why you do an investigation and go through it. But, I mean, it'll certainly be really hard. I mean, he's saying, he, you know, when he spoke, you know, maybe a little more than a month ago, he said, oh, you want to win a national championship. Like, this is, <laughs> this is, like, morality and ethics issues aside, this does not bring you closer to a national championship. Like, this makes it really, really hard. So, you know, John Wildhack has got to look at both, both sides of that, obviously. I mean, you, you you can't have someone in power who you don't trust to be making good decisions. Um, but also, I mean, if there's no viability toward succeeding at the highest level, you can't have that either. So, yeah, I mean, you know, we'll see. I'll tell you, I'm, I'm glad it came out. You know, again, I think the Athletic did a really, really good job with that. And, uh, you know, it's, a, it's kind of a shame that it took that for Syracuse to really look into this because clearly there was a lot going on behind the scenes that didn't lead to an initial investigation. Um, and, yeah, you know, I, you know, frankly, I guess we'll see. I wouldn't be surprised if it was a, a short investigation either, but without knowing the scope and the magnitude of everything that happened, uh, it's, you know, kind of hard to say for sure. we got about a minute left. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. I think it's going to be a quick investigation. But um, before you go, Stephen Bailey with 24-7 Sports here on the SportsZilla Show, ESPN Radio. Uh, let's transition over to football. Uh, QB recruit Henry Bielan picks Duke over SU. Uh, what do you know about Bielan and, and, and how much of a loss is this for Syracuse with him choosing to go to an ACC rival? Oh, it's a big loss for sure. I mean, Syracuse is recruiting for the last 16 months. First Power 5 offer he got was from Nick Monroe. 
Syracuse has told him he's at the top of their board for, you know, maybe a year. Um, I mean, Zoomed with Dino, Zoomed with Sterling Gilbert throughout the dead period during the pandemic, you know, as, as allowed. I mean, there was – they basically pushed for him as, as hard as you reasonably could. And um, usually when a kid <laughs> kind of picks a school in part for academics, that's a plus for Syracuse. But when you're going against Duke and Northwestern, it's, <laughs> you know, it's, that's tough. That's really tough competition. So, you know, yeah, it's a big loss. And, I mean, it continues a trend for the last four or five cycles where Syracuse hasn't landed its top target um, in the summer since Tommy DeVito. So, you know, yeah, yeah, it's, re- it's, re- it's really rough. I don't know that there's necessarily another target waiting in the wings. I think you're going to see Syracuse do some evaluations and progress through some people it's made, they've made contact with. But, yeah, I mean, he was one of the, the top targets for 2022. And, you know, again, Duke beats him out. Duke got Riley Leonard last year at Alabama, too, who was Syracuse's uh, top quarterback target. Yeah, it's not good. Uh, well, we'll see. Well, when you win one game, um, regardless of whether or not it came out of a pandemic, it makes things tough. Steve Bailey with 24-7 Sports. Uh, let's talk again real soon. Hey, we're about a month away from SU football and, and practice starting back up. Uh, so we got to bring you into the mix a little bit more regularly. Thanks for the time, man. Have a great day, okay? You too. Anytime, guys. Can't wait. This is uh, SportsZilla Show on ESPN Radio. We got to get back to the Yankees and air a few more grievances, vent a little bit, whine a little bit, if you will. Nick Delahanty writes for Bronx Pinstripes, part of the S Network, of course. And that's next. It's the SportsZilla Show with Rain and the Glue Guy, Matt. On ESPN Radio and twitch.tv slash Q Sports Talk. You're a diehard like me if it involves the New York Yankees and it's on social media. I consume it. Bronx Pinstripes affiliated with the Yes Network. Hey, I think we know where we watch the games. You do get to hear them, at least on our Utica affiliate, ESPN Radio Utica Rome and 96.5 FM. Yankees on deck is generally on ESPN Radio Syracuse 97.7 and 100.1 as well. But then the games are on our brother station, TK99. But Nick Delahanty, I'm happy to finally uh, lock you in and we get a chance to talk here. Uh, yeah, he writes for Bronx Pinstripes. So, uh, I mean, they made a move today so they could say that they did that after whatever happened last night. The highest of highs and the lowest of lows, as I've been calling it. So we got Tim LaCastro. And here's the crazy thing. He's a Syracuse, Auburn, Central New York native bringing some speed in. How are they going to use them? How is this going to affect the roster? And we'll start there, Nick. Welcome to the Airwaves. Hey, thank you for having me on. And it was perfect timing. They made the move today for LaCastro. LaCastro is a guy that has a lot of speed, right-handed hitter, like you mentioned from the area you guys are in. But the main thing that I take away from the LaCastro trade is that they want him to platoon with Brett Gardner in center field. Mm -hmm. Gardner will play against righties. You'll have LaCastro in there against lefties. And if you're looking for a comp on this Yankees team, I think the guy that you would point to is a Tyler Wade. Not really great with the bat. Hasn't really produced much offensively, but he's a guy with a lot of speed. Has a really good ability to steal bases when he does get on. And he's very good defensively where I think it's going to help this Yankees team a lot. I think that they're kind of trying to shy away from Aaron Judge in center field. So adding LaCastro definitely helps them mix the match a little bit more. What were your takeaways from the Hal Steinbrenner presser earlier? Was it like us where nothing really came out that was important? You know, this year, more than any, I'm a big press conference guy. I've always listened after games, and I wanted to hear what people have to say, especially Boone and Cashman and Steinbrenner. I just felt like Steinbrenner was going through the motions. You know, I, I don't 
necessarily agree with him that Boone's not to blame and that he should have the full support. I think that they're getting very content with where they are. I think it shows when you're on the field. You guys mentioned it earlier. You were talking a little bit about the Voight play at first base where he doesn't even make an attempt at the ball. If you go back earlier in the game, Andujar's in left field and almost takes out Brett Gardner going for a fly ball. It just seems like they're making the same little mistakes and that there's no sense of urgency. And I don't know if that's because the roster depth, you know, there's a guy like Andujar saying to himself, you know what, if I don't make plays in left field, who's really going to replace me? Same thing with like a Brett Gardner or a Glaber Torres, who's been very disappointing. So I think it's very complacent, very content. And then Steinbrenner coming out and saying, you know, we're willing to go over the luxury tax, but we're going to give you a Tim LaCastro today. Kind of didn't sit right for me, especially given the guys that the, the Diamondbacks have that would be really nice fits on this Yankee team. Uh, I absolutely call bunk when he said that. I, I mean, seriously, there's very few players in the game that he would say, all right, I'll allocate the funding to go over the luxury tax threshold. Uh, we equivalented it to the Wandy Peralta for Mike Talkman move earlier, where if you remember, that was a point in the season where they were struggling and they could appease the fan base who wanted changes. So it they was the ma- end of April, right? Yeah, they made a move just to make a move. And I, I mean, I don't understand how you can go from one extreme to the other from one day to the next like this, and nobody seems to care. You've heard lifeless. You've heard indifferent. What was the word you used the other day, Spencer? Lackadaisical. Lackadaisical. <laughs> uh, take take it from there. I know you want to unload a little bit and set up <laughs> Nick with our next question. Nick oh, Delahunty with Bronx Pinstripes here with us on the Sports Illustrated Show on ESPN Radio. You bet. Yeah, Nick, I think we'd be remiss uh, if we didn't ask you about last night's game and, and the effect this has moving forward. I mean, this has been such a roller coaster year and, and largely disappointing year. But a, a, a game like last night, I mean, where does the team go from here? Because I feel like you have to go on an absolute tear. You know, use this as motivation if you want to have any chance of even sniffing the playoffs later in the year. But I also don't think this team has the mental makeup or the mental fortitude to do something like that. So for you, you know, where do you think the team goes from here? What do you expect to see from them coming out of last night's loss? I think the rain, the rain out today was the best thing that could have happened to them because it was too quick of a turnaround to come out today and play a game, especially given that, the Yankees released their lineup, and Judge was playing after all the ordeal before that game where Judge miraculously needed a day off when Otani's on the mound against them. I think that right now is when you have to hit the panic button if you're the Yankees. If you look at their schedule for the remainder of July, this is going to dictate if, they, if they're going to be a playoff contending team. You know, you can look as much as you want before the break. The Mets series this weekend is a big one, obviously. It's Subway Series. Both teams aren't really playing well, but you know, at the end of the day, the Mets are still in first place. They're doing their thing. And then you look, they go to Seattle and they go to Houston before they go to the break. And then right after the break, 11 of their first 15 are against the Red Sox and the Rays, who they've struggled against. So if they're going to switch it and make changes like Boone has said in every single press conference this year, it's got to be now because the time's really running out. They're almost halfway through the year and things haven't changed yet. The same things are bothering them. The same things are really hampering them as a whole. Why don't you make some changes? I don't understand why Ruggie Odor is on this roster. Bring a Park from AAA and see what he's got at this point. Could it be any worse? I mean, honestly, other than a couple of home runs, I don't think he brings anything to the Major League roster. He's just one example out of many. But, you know, talk is cheap. Boone said it. We mentioned it earlier. you got to get out there, play a full game, and hammer people, and they're just not doing that. It's like they don't give up a bleep, Nick, and it's frustrating, I'm sure, for you as well. 
Oh, it's very frustrating. And one thing that really bothers me, and, and it's a part of the game that, you know, I've grown to understand and, and come about, but the lack of hustle really gets me. Mm-hmm. And there's no sense of urgency, base running mistakes. They make mistakes that you can go to a little league game in the local area and those kids don't make. It's just, it's mind boggling that they're just so content with where they are and there's no real sense of urgency. And I kind of blame that on the fact they really don't have a, a leader, a vocal leader on this team. CC Sabathia served as that leader for many years. You could feel the void that he left when he retired. Brett Gardner is supposed to be that guy, but. If you're a current Yankee, if you're one of these young guys like a Clint Frazier and, and Brett Gardner tells you, you know what, you got to do this, you got to do that, I'm looking at him and I'm saying, look, you're not producing either. So before you could really point the blame here, let's start worrying about ourselves. So I think there's a lot of controversy within the Yankees clubhouse and they're looking for that leader and they're not getting it from Boone and they're not getting it from any of the veteran players. And it shows. One or two guys not performing, you can kind of cover that up. But you're absolutely right. You can't tell somebody else what they're doing wrong when you stink as well. And then when there's 10 guys on the team that stink, you've got a problem here. You can't set an example. Hey, if you make just a a stupid Little League mistake, you can't bench the guy to send a message. You see it a little bit. Because there's no depth. Yeah, not the way that you do. Because who's the next guy? You don't have a next man up because the next man up isn't performing either. And this is just spiderwebbed or snowballed out of control, Spencer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're a long ways away from from the savages in the in the box. I mean, it's it's the complete opposite this year. Uh, is Nick? Is there a, a a player maybe out there that maybe on the trade block that you really feel like could add to this team if they do pull the trigger and make a move? Or you know, is this team you know beyond saving at this point? Honestly, I thought that a Cattell Marte was a good fit. Yeah. Before he got injured, I don't think that he's going to be traded now, especially with the three years of club control left. I think the Diamondbacks will hold on to him. He was really the guy I was pointing to. I know a lot of Yankee fans want Joey Gallo, and I understand the whole ooh and ah around Joey Gallo, but why are we going to bring in a left-handed Aaron Judge and Gary Sanchez and Luke Boyd? We already have that blueprint already, a guy who hits a lot of homers, strikes out a ton. They need guys who put the ball in play and and have some versatility, and that's what Marte would kind of bring to the table. Honestly, I don't know if they do make any big moves. I still think they're going to stand at a luxury tax, even though – they say they, they're willing to go over it. I think it's a bunch of smoke to kind of calm down the fan base. Mm-hmm. And you know what? If they don't make a, a move to address this and wake somebody up, whether it's bringing somebody up from the minor leagues or making a trade like we're talking about, I think this team's in real trouble because the division's not an easy one to creep back into. This is Nick Delahenty with Bronx Pinstripes. Listen, Nick, we've got to do this again. I'm so glad we were finally able to connect today. I'll be in touch very soon. Let's continue to talk Yankees baseball for Central New York, okay? Oh, absolutely. Thanks for letting me vent a little bit after last night. I needed this. <laughs> you know, we joke anytime we bring somebody on to talk Yankees, we call it the Yankees therapy session. It almost has to be had this year. Everybody's got to get it off their chest. We'll talk real soon. We'll reach out. That's Nick Delahanty. This is ESPN Radio and the Sports Illus Show. We're going to come back and we got to break down a couple of examples of a sports kerfuffle. Hang on. Who's got Twitter beef? Hey, here's an idea. Why don't you mind your own business? Bulletin board material. Oh, you can't say that, <laughs> but it got said. We've got another Donnie Brook. That is not appropriate behavior, okay? An athletic brouhaha. You're a meanie. <laughs> Let's go toe-to-toe. It's the Sportzilla kerfuffle. Ah, uh, a classic conundrum. On twitch.tv slash Q Sports Talk and ESPN Radio. Radio.
with an homage to former NASCAR driver Dick Trickle, we do have to report Kofi Cockburn is in the transfer portal out of Illinois, a legit seven-footer. Uh, we were just talking to Nick Delahanty off the air. You might have heard this if you're with us at Q Sports Talk, but it, I was like, hey, if you're UNC, you got to be looking at him, right? If you're Q's, you got to at least kick the tires, make For the sure. phone calls, see what's going on there. And, and of course, uh, a little response in the Twitch chat was, well, we, we got Edwards, Jim's loyal to Sidibe and his seniors and his upperclassmen. I understand that, but how do you at least not explore that as an option? You I think can. you have to. you got to do your due diligence. Am I creating a kerfuffle? You are creating a kerfuffle. Also, uh, this just in, there was a man in Puerto Rico, uh, 112 years old. He's officially been uh, called the oldest living human being. And uh, I hear that uh, Brian Cashman's Brian Cashman has now opened negotiations with him to add him to the Yankees lineup. He's probably a left-handed hitter. He's probably a left-handed hitter, and uh, I think he could probably produce just about as well as the nine players in the lineup at the moment. Yeah, uh, he is a New York kid. That's right. He went to Christ the King High School. Are we talking about the 112-year-old man or no? Kofi Co- Cockburn. Now? Kofi Cockburn. I'm responding uh, <laughs> with no context whatsoever to Q Sports Talk on Twitch.tv. But I think you have a point. I, I mean, honestly, at this point, could he do any worse nope. than what we have on this roster, at least certain aspects of the roster? I think not. Uh, that brings us into our kerfuffle, though. It, mine's, I mean, it's Hale Steinbrenner for me. I'm frustrated. I said this. You said this. Nick Delahanty said this. The glue guy has said this. Where's the give a bleep? Where's the give a damn? There's not. He turns around and endorses Cashman and Boone. Listen, you've got to at least put them on the clock Mm -hmm. to figure something out. You need a Savages in the box moment to galvanize this team like it did a few years ago so I can go out and buy the T-shirt and my team gets better. Yep, It's just Uh, frustrating. What are you going to do? Listen, I'm happy for Tim LaCastro being a Central New York native, getting that speed on this roster, giving him that option, but he's also a right-handed bat. We need left-handed bats. Um, He's not the guy that's going to propel this team to a World Series. More moves had to be made. But if I'm a beat writer covering the Yankees and I'm listening to that press conference and I listen to Boone all the time, Nick Delahanty was talking about how he always listens to the post game and the press conference. I do the same thing. I yep. want to hear what these guys have to say. I want to hear them be held accountable for their performances. But you can take any random presser from April and substitute it for anyone in June, and it's the same. Matt Page, glue guy, can you predict Aaron Boone's responses after every game, especially the losses? Ooh, they're trying hard. The guys are doing okay. Putting yeah, together some know, good at-bats. Yeah, they're making some good contact into double plays. Why? Every time you hear from Cashman, can you predict it? Pretty much the same ah, thing. The guys are doing all right. They're getting better every day, every game. Platitude, 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 and there we go. And that's what you got from Hale Steinbrenner. I could have stepped in for him. I would have answered the questions the exact same way. We got nothing out of it. Oh, you're angry. Big deal. Yeah. It's 80 games in. I want performance. You need to make some changes. Somehow, some way, this team has got to get better. They're not winning a World Series, and it pains me to say that. When you heard last night that Hale was going to make a statement today, what did you expect? This, exactly what we Pretty got. Much. This is exactly what I expected. But my point is, if you're one of these beat writers, and there are many, obviously, we know the coverage that the Yankees get. Uh, aren't you frustrated with hearing these answers? Don't you want to be able to go, you know what, BS. Yep. That's that's a load of crap. I'm tired of that answer. You say that after every game. Give me something else. 
Yeah, they say they, something. It, yeah, it, it, it's 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 just it's it's unacceptable. I mean, you know, if if George Steinbrenner was was still alive today and he was giving these press conferences, I mean, heads would be rolling right now. Obnoxious uh, the, Boston fan on Twitter, yeah, a quote tweeted a tweet of mine a couple of days ago oh, and yeah. basically said the same thing. Yeah, even Red Sox fans yeah. realize this. Go, I, I think you know the the Yankees really need to breathe some life in this team. I think they need to bring in Nick Swisher as their bench coach. They need a presence like that to to have some sort of spark. Uh, I mean, that that, honestly, if you remember in 2009, the Yankees were pretty listless. They were pretty lackadaisical in the first half of the season. I think at this point they were like 39 and 39. So it wasn't too much different than what we're seeing now. You know, I think for me, the Luis Castillo drop ball with the Mets was really the turning point for them. But, you know, that being said, but you had a guy like Nick Swisher who would fire everybody up. And who would you know get everybody going? And you just you just don't have that right now. I mean, the the main personalities on this team right now are just boring. They're just boring. I mean, you know, Aaron Judge on the field is actually having quietly, ironically, a a good season. Yeah, a great but season. He, they they're just so boring. There's nobody that's outspoken. In fact, the 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 loudest thing I heard the other day was when John Carlos Stanton said, you know, you put this uniform on. And 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 being okay is not good enough, or something along those lines. And, and I was really hoping that that would turn things around. And for the last couple of games, at least for the first eight innings of yesterday's game, it looked like okay, maybe they're maybe they are getting going. But you know, they say that the players take the personality of the manager or the head coach. Yeah, and that's what's going on with Aaron Boone. Yeah, it's just kind of meh. Yeah, we're you're doing just, okay. They're just, We're doing they're fine. Needs, like I said earlier in the show, there needs to be some sort of spark. There needs to be some sort of fire. I mean, how much did the fans love it as well as the players galvanize around Aaron Boone when he did the Savages in the Box rant? I mean, that was a fantastic moment that defined that season. And and where did that go? Now, granted, I know that I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago. Has he lost the team? But, I, yes. He, yeah, yes, he has. I think he, I think he has, but... But same with Cashman, by the but way. But as I said, as I said, uh, you know, a, a couple of weeks ago, you know, look from a human standpoint, the guy's had a pacemaker in, so maybe he's not, he doesn't want to get too fired up. Maybe the doctors told him he's had, he has to calm down a bit. But at the same time, there still needs to be some sort of statement. There needs to be some sort of calling somebody out. There needs to be some sort of attention grabbing, um, you know. Moment. Moment. Thank you. You, you have to light Boone. a fire under yeah. each of the co- the individual and collective butts of this entire roster. This is Sportzilla Show. It's ESPN Radio. Spencer Davidson. I'm Rain and the glue guy, Matt Page, uh, going two for two with Cashman and Boone losing the room. <laughs> that is concerning as well, yeah. let alone the performance of your closer last night and everybody else. I mean, what a golden opportunity. What a statement to take it to Shohei Otani. Like that. Embarrassing. Embarrassing. That was shocking. His his implosion was shocking. And you're like, oh my God, I cannot believe that they did this to him, who's arguably the best the best all-around player in the game based on his performance, you know, at, at the plate and pitching and And they knocked his bat out of the out of the game too because they didn't have him stay. You know, they didn't move him to the outfield and have him stay in the lineup. And then you turn around and you get that out of Chapman. That is inexcusable. It was embarrassing. Yep. And there's been a lot of times this year. Where you've been like, yeah, that's an embarrassing performance. It's, that yeah. wasn't the only one. Not a bad performance, 
an embarrassing performance. You should be ashamed of yourself at this level. And when you're the New York Yankees, it does matter more. It just does. And if this isn't the low point of the season, you're fin- you're finishing in the basement. Yeah, have we hit rock bottom yet? I'm afraid. I to- really hope no, so. No, we're I'm not a- Baltimore. I'm afraid to ask that <laughs> question. But it's the New York Yankees. This is I expected understand. out of the Baltimore Orioles. This is not expected. When you look on paper at this lineup and the talent that is there in theory, this is not performing up to expectations. This is cash and checks and going home. Uh, I almost said Cashman checks. Yeah. Close. Yeah. Uh, once again, we'll move on. This is our kerfuffle, a little sports beef out there. I guess we had one with the Yankees and yeah. Neil Steinbrenner Suppose and the press. So. Uh, but CP3 had one with Pat Beverly, who did apologize. We brought this <laughs> and up. And DeMarcus Cousins. Earlier, and DeMarcus Cousins was in on this a little bit. And you know what? Total jerk move on Pat Beverly's part. Uncalled for. Unprofessional. Nobody advocates that. Nobody's sitting there going, yeah, that's something that you should do. We totally condone that behavior in an NBA game. Yet at the same time, when I saw it happen, I'm like, oh, there's the kerfuffle for tomorrow. Yeah. That uh, gives us something to talk about in sports talk radio. Content. Uh, Silver your, linings. Your take on this, Spencer. Yeah, it's just weak. It's, ju- it's just weak, and it makes you look sad. It makes you look like a, like a sad little man. And, you know, Patrick Beverly can He's bring... He's pushing old man CP3. Yeah. What's up with that? Yeah, and like, and, and, and I'm all for physicality. I'm all for scrums. I'm all for getting in each other's faces. The Knicks-Hawks series, you saw a lot of that. They were getting in each other's faces. But to, to when a man's back is turned towards you and you give him a shove like that, I, I mean, it, it, it makes you look so small. And Patrick Beverly is better than that. He he's a good player. He, he is can, a good player. He can contribute so much on the court. That why why get engaged in that and distract from what you can bring on the court? It, it, it to me it's just like Chris Paul. Real I, he obviously has the last laugh, but just even in that moment, I mean, he was too. Yeah, it's just like is all the, right, all right, bro, all right. He's a long way into his career. He's thirty six years old. He's going to the NBA Finals. You could feel the raw motion out of him upon the conclusion of the game last night. He was was running around like a little kid. That was great. It was awesome to see. Uh, He had a huge night. He deserves this. He's an all-time great. I am rooting for the Phoenix Suns and Chris Paul to win an NBA championship. But let me bring in the OG Freddie Coleman real quick, who talked a little bit about that. I always have some time for Freddie Coleman, and I know we're up against a break in a minute. Hang on. 31 of his 41 happened in the second half. This is how great Chris Paul was tonight. And you can say whatever you want about him. You're probably correct. The whole flopping thing, that gets on my nerves. The whole sometimes exaggerated toughness, yeah, that has gotten on my nerves. I get all of that. But game's got to recognize game. When you have a potential to make sure a game seven is not going to happen, when you have a chance to make sure that you don't put yourself in a winner-take-all situation after being up three games to one, when you have plenty of people saying, man, when is Chris Paul going to show up in this series? after missing the first two games of this playoff series due to COVID-19 protocols. This is how you do it. You score 31 of your 41 in the second half. You have eight assists, no turnovers, seven of eight from the three-point line. When they had to have it, he looked at the guy who had 41 points the game before in Paul George and said, hey, Paul George, I'll see your 41. I'll raise you a 41 but my 41 is going to win us the series. Yeah, and potentially an NBA championship. We're going to stop right there. ESPN Radio and the Sports Illust Show. We're going to come back with the last thing that we'll say today. There is no on the block with Brent X today, by the way. He's at Fenway Park. Um, but I'm going to share something with you, if I could, really quick. And it's a name. Onilovich. 
You don't know what that's about? We'll tell you next. Hang on. The Sportzilla Show with Rain and Matt. Can everyone hear me okay? Okay, well, so we've made some amazing adjustments. And, okay. Here's the last thing we'll say today on ESPN Radio, ESPN, and twitch.tv slash QSportsTalk. I love me some NBA on TNT, and Shaquille O'Neal was talking to Bogdan Bogdanovich. Bogdan Bogdanovich, right? Bogey. And hey, this is Shaq. This, hey, this is Shaq. This is Shaq. So this, Bogey, ex- how's it going? this exchange happened. Let's let everybody hear this, guys. Bogey, this is Shaq. You know, I speak your language. I just want to start off by saying, Odrich Niagara. That means good game in case you didn't understand me. Uh, Wait, that's his language, bro. Niagara, bro. <laughs> you know, just in case you didn't understand me. You're improving, You're improving, Shaq. Oh, okay. Good. Thank you. Improving. No, I... Look, I've always said everyone with the last name Vich is a great shooter. How, how is that? I mean, you know, you know, do you guys have a different routine than, you know, American people? Because, you know, I've been in this league a long time. Everybody I've come across with the last name Vich was an exceptional shooter. Yeah, I heard one story um, that one, one of your seasons when you were struggling from the free throws, and one of your best seasons in, from a federal line was when they called you Onilovic, and you were yes, looking at the bench. Yes, it was. Onilovic. <laughs> yeah. And you were, you were shooting was, better. <laughs> He's heard of me, Ernie. Hey. Shaquille O'Neal couldn't shoot free throws, but Onilovic could well, shoot Onilovic. some free throws, man. 100%. So I, now you're Ray, wait a minute you're you're Spencevich you're Pageovich and I'd be Rainovich David correct David Sinovich if this David Sinovich that's mm-hmm. good and if this was the case like I could hit nine out of ten free throws right yeah I, I think it'd be more like forty yeah. percent if you wanted me to be honest two very quick thoughts first you're Shaquille O'Neal and you have to say hey it's Shaq right like you don't know and 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 second he says Vich and he's like oh, do you have a different routine than American people it's like you know they're Viches from America <laughs> that, that's also true. <laughs> All right, no uh, Brent Axe today. Hope he's enjoying the game in Boston and Fenway. Uh, no Yankees on deck tonight either. That's kind of weird. So I guess we'll see you tomorrow at 2 o'clock. Sports Illustrated Show out ESPN Radio.